Hello, this is Father John Blackburn. On the evening of July 24th, 2021, we were having our patronal feast day banquet. And at that banquet, I gave an address, St. Christopher and his influence around the globe. That address was given during the dinner. And as a result, the recording came out unclean, as there were plates and dishes rattling and water and wine glasses tinkling. So I have re-recorded this address, absent from all that noise, and I do hope that you enjoy it. If you ever find yourself in the Portland area, please come by and visit us on Sundays or on Wednesdays. St. Christopher and his influence around the globe. Welcome once again to this feast and banquet as we come together to celebrate not only this parish church, but also the life of one of the saints who has had a rather peculiar and curious following, and whose story is known, somewhat, only in brief accounts or in small depictions, like as pendants that are worn around people's necks, or as a plastic figure surmounted on the dashboard of a car. And that saint is, as all of you know, or at least I hope all of you know since you've made it here this evening, St. Christopher, the patron saint of this church. Now, before we dive into some of who Christopher is or who Christopher was to the life of the church Catholic, several people, particularly on Facebook, have been asking the question, why do you celebrate a saint? After all, should we not honor our blessed Lord and Savior Jesus Christ above and before any saint? After all, Christopher didn't die on the cross, so why should we pay homage to him? And these are very good questions. And the fact that they are asked means that we, as the church, need to do a better job explaining what we do, especially those to those outside of our faith tradition and who do not belong to this denomination. So let me answer that question first. Christians, <clears throat> people who follow Christ Jesus as their Lord, believe that we, and in actuality all people, are created to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Earlier this month, on Independence Day, we had one of my former professors from that venerable institution on the Brazos River, Baylor University, come and preach. So many of you have now met my beloved mentor, Dr. Terry York. Dr. York had a phrase that he used in many classes, and its simplicity is what is needed here. He would say, We are called to love God supremely not exclusively. If we love God exclusively, then where is room for the love of parents to their children, or husbands to their wives, or friends to each other? But if we love God supremely, then all of our other loves, love for family, love for country, love of the earth itself, all fall into place. So using Dr. York's thinking, I would start by saying that we love God supremely, and that allows us to love St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Christopher, and on down the line to modern-day saints like C.S. Lewis and Martin Luther King, and perhaps even your very godly grandparents. We love those people in 
right order or in a proper and fitting way. For as the writer of Hebrews remind us, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the saints of the church who have gone before us. Now, patronal feasts are something special for cities and even for parishes. Take, for instance, a city just north of here. San Antonio de Bejar is named for St. Anthony of Padua. This county, settled by many Irish settlers, is San Patricio, St. Patrick's County. Settlers, and here in Texas in particular, Roman Catholic settlers, brought with them the names of saints who were venerated on days either close to or the actual saints' day when they were founding their cities or geographic locations. San Antonio was founded within a month of St. Anthony. The city just across the bay, Corpus Christi, was named for the Feast of the Body of Christ, which is the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. And in the year 1519, Spanish explorer Alonso Alvarez de Peñada sailed into this bay on that very day, for which it has been named for these 502 years. So, what Christopher, or who was he? To hear the whole story, you will need to be at morning mass tomorrow. But let me tell you, or let me explain to you in images that we see of him, and in the icon that you will see when you go into the nave for the concert here shortly. Christopher is seen carrying the Christ child across a raging river. And Christopher means just that the Christ-bearer, or the Christ-carrier. There will be more about that story tomorrow morning. Instead, let me give you somewhat, and hopefully, a bit of hagiography. Hagio being the biography of, hagiographies being the biography of saints, with hagio being both the Greek word and prefix holy. We have no exact birth date for Christopher, but according to legend, he was a Canaanite, born and raised near the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. He was not named Christopher at birth, but instead Reprobus. Now, just to keep the story linear, I'm not going to. I'm going to simply refer to him as Christopher. I'm not going to go back and forth between Christopher and Reprobus, so don't get confused. But. Reprobrus, who we now will call Christopher, was a giant, standing about seven and a half feet tall. Some scholars have considered that he could have been kin to the Philistines, as Goliath of Gath, whom the shepherd boy David slew, was said to be about that height. Now, there is something that I find rather humorous about Christopher, and it's the fact that he's been the victim of mistranslation. It is possible to find depictions of Christopher where he is depicted as having the head of a dog. This comes from, probably, a less well-educated monk mistranslating the region of Canaan and the people who lived there as Canaanites from the Latin word canis, which is where we derive our word canine, our scientific ordering name for our beloved furry friends. It's not just Christopher, but the entire Canaanite people who have suffered from this fate. Whole collections of literature and poems speak of the Canis peoples, the dog-headed ones who have been unearthed. 
For those of you who are art enthusiasts, many of you will know that St. Jerome, when translating the Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic versions of the Bible into what we call the Vulgate, misunderstood the Hebrew word for glory, and instead told his readers that Moses, after appearing before the Lord God in the tent of meeting in front of the Ark of the Covenant, that Moses grew horns rather than Moses' face shone with glory. If you have visited the church of St. Peter in chains in Rome or seen in a book or on one of the internet or on the internet one of the pictures of Michelangelo's Moses, the statue has two horns reflecting St. Jerome's error for all eternity. In the Western Church, Christopher is counted among the 14 holy helpers. These holy helpers were intercessors whose prayers were sought. It is believed that they had a certain potency to their intercessions and became the patron saints of people who were either suffering from some ailment or in a particular condition. Much of this stemmed in the Rhineland of Germany in the 14th century during times of of plagues and famine. Christopher, along with St. Giles, were believed to be particularly effective preventing the spread of bubonic plague, or for someone recovering from it. Christopher was also known as the patron saint of travelers, as going on journeys in those days was often rather dangerous and fraught with the peril of bandits, inclement weather, wild beasts, and even from time to time, an injury that would be potentially life-threatening. Now, the earliest known venerations of Christopher date from about 553 and 600. In 553, the Archbishop of Lydia, now in southern Turkey, where Christopher was martyred around 251, took the name Christopher upon his consecration. A few years later, by 600, a convent in Galatia, the same city for whom St. Paul wrote to the Galatians, his epistle, and is also in eastern Turkey, became St. Christopher's nunnery. As time progressed, Christopher's patronage grew to include travelers, since he had aided the Christ child across a river on his journey, athletes, because of his imposing size and strength, bachelors, because of his chastity, all those involved in transportation, such as drivers and sailors. In Hawaii, Christopher is the patron saint for surfers. While there are rather few cities, he does claim to be the protector of the city of Havana, Cuba. There is, at this point, a second Christopher whom we need to introduce. Christopher Columbus, who undertook a voyage of sailing the ocean blue in 1492, is said to have relied on the aid of San Cristobal, St. Christopher in Spanish, when he began his first voyage in search of trade routes to the Indies. I think we all know how that story plays out. In 1493, Columbus first spotted a series of islands and named the largest island San Cristobal, what we now know today 
as St. Kitts. However, even though we call it St. Kitts Island, it is still officially St. Christopher's Island. So, where does that leave us? There are other saints who may be more important, like the Blessed Virgin Mary or St. Peter or St. Paul. There are even locally important saints. Just go to Norwich in the United Kingdom, and there you will find Dame Julian, a venerable mystic who told us that Christ can make all things well, will make all things well, and shall make all things well. Or travel the Camino until you come to Santiago de Compostela, where St. James the Apostle traveled in Spain, spreading the gospel to the ends of the known earth. Christopher is not quite as highly venerated. While there are shrines, at least from what I know, there are no pilgrimage sites, no large processions or week-long festivals. But maybe, just maybe, that is as it should be. St. Christopher is not known as a bishop or as a doctor of the church. He wasn't rooted in one place, teaching, preaching, and healing. Nor is Christopher a monastic, trying to live his life cloistered away from the world and following a rule that governs prayer and work. Christopher is not even a mystic with visions or a missionary who traveled throughout distant lands to preach the gospel and trying to convert people. Instead, and what we will examine in the sermons of tomorrow, is that Christopher's saintliness is predicated by his willingness to be bold in action. Christopher went and did the hard tasks, both of ferrying people across a river and also by giving comfort to the church and her martyrs. It was and is his service to the church that we remember Christopher for truly. Christopher, in many ways, is the patron saint of those who go and work, those who labor for the good of their fellow man and in service to their Lord. From serving kings and peasants to comforting Christians in grave danger, St. Christopher's life is one that we can all count worthy to follow as an example of how to rightly serve Christ and his church. When we truly look and notice what is happening around us, we might notice ways in which people become Christophers, become Christ-bearers. It might be in wildfires that are raging, or in flooding and landslides. But people who are Christ to the world are there. It may be in hospital wards, or even in funeral homes. But still, there are people who are bearing Christ to the world. And it may be when your phone rings, when you are in the depths of despair. It may be even you who make a call or send a text message or email that you know that somebody needs to read or to hear. That someone, and it might even be you, is not just bearing Christ into the world, but is being Christ, is being a Christopher in the world. This is a new day, a new weekend, 
and a new beginning for this parish of St. Christopher's. At the risk of turning this little talk into a sermon, let me simply say this. We who are here and are members of this community, let us re-identify ourselves with our beloved patron and seek to do the good that he has done in ages past. And let us also commit that we, those who worship here in a name or in a place named after Christopher, do our own part to be a Christ-bearer, a Christ-holder to everyone we meet. May St. Christopher be our guide as we seek to follow the ways of Christ Jesus, our Lord.